sportsgrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com. Welcome back in, everybody. Hour number two of the early line right here on SportsGrid. I'm Dane Martinez, and I got my man Kevin Walsh live and direct from the basement, helping us give out winners. Kev, in hour number one, we look at Major League Baseball, some of the big headline stories, whether it be the cases in Miami, whether it be Justin Verlander, Corey Kluber, ace veteran pitchers who um, you know have some injuries to deal with. We looked at baseball, hour number one. Here we turn our attention back to Orlando and back to the MLS is back tournament, which entered the knockout stage over the weekend. And boy, what a Cinderella story. Uh, Vancouver, the Whitecaps were okay. They had a lot of players missed because of injury and COVID. They were on like their third string backup goaltender, a guy by the name of Thomas Hassal, a young kid. And boy, did he deliver against heavily favored sporting KC. At one point, Vancouver was plus 950 to win, and we saw our first penalty kick shootout of the knockout stage, okay? Here in this tournament, we don't have extra time. It doesn't go to the 120 minutes. It was straight to penalty kicks, and the kid did what he needed to do. He played really well. He got a lot of fans, me included, although Vancouver wasn't able to go all the way with the upset and sporting KC does advance on penalty kicks, setting up a quarterfinal matchup against the Philadelphia union. Yeah. And to be fair to, to the youngster, the story of this game ended up being sporting KC's keeper who was about as close in the and shootout. perfect as you could be in that shootout, a fantastic performance from him. And that's the type of performance that now, if they end up in a shootout again, which I'm not sure if they will end up in a shootout again, but I think we'll probably see at least one more of those, right? In oh, yeah. this knockout right. stage, if not more. But if they end up specifically, the level of confidence that that team will have, he will have in himself, is massive. And those are the type of things that can matter. Because what you mentioned there, not having that extra 30 minutes of extra time is right. big. Very, very big. And now Sporting KC has to go in feel good about themselves. Obviously, uh, Philadelphia, no easy out. They've continued to be impressive uh, in this run-up. We've talked about, you know, their narrative is establishing themselves, right? As a right. team, not the young be, team. Yeah. you know, messed around with and looking to establish mm -hmm. themselves somewhere really uh, within this league. That's a really fun quarterfinal matchup. Yeah, I think that is going to be a great matchup. It will happen in the quarterfinals on Thursday night uh, when the MLS's back tournament gets going to that stage. You know, I didn't get a chance to talk to you on Friday, Kev, you know, and I was overjoyed about NYCFC, right? We talked about how they needed to win and get help. They got the win and they got the help they needed in the last matchup, really, of the group stage. They got a penalty kick to force that Houston LA Galaxy game to become a draw meeting NYC got the final third place team. And a lot of people thought they would just gracefully bow out, right? Kev, you know, they were facing Toronto, a squad that has, you know, Josie out the door coming off the bench already. Michael Bradley, 
Pozuelo as well. But we've talked about this before, new life, right, with certain teams. And we've yeah. said, you know, Joseph Martinez, how important he was for Atlanta, who, by the way, um, parted ways with their head coach after their disastrous start, right? We talked about LAFC without Carlos Vela. And another guy, a big-time name, was Maxi Morales for NYCFC. As right now, we also welcome back in our radio audience around the country, Dane Martinez and Kevin Walsh. So, Kev, Maxi Morales right in there for the middle of the game. The NYC offense getting going to Jury Strati puts one in the net. Castellanos puts one in the net. Bear had one, or if not two, chances. And Maxi himself, a team that scored two goals in the entire group stage, gets three in the knockout round in a big-time 3-1 victory over Toronto. Yeah, they were very fortunate to find themselves um, because not only did the Galaxy you know, get a penalty late that allowed them yeah. to tie that game up, but then the, uh, <laughs> the Galaxy and the Dynamo played one of the wildest eight-minute stretches of soccer I've ever seen. And both teams had, I don't know, five to ten chances to actually get three full points in that game. But NYCFC mm-hmm. made good on it. And we've talked about the – I think that, you know, so it worked out where they were playing a team that I thought fit somewhat of a similar description of a powerhouse who didn't put their best foot forward in right. the group stage but would be a tough out. And I thought Toronto, though, fit that description a bit as well. That's why the confidence level was a little all over the place when it came to those two teams. But NYCFC made good, and that's now a dangerous team. They've got their legs yeah. under them. And Maxi Morales, I mean, at one point, Dan, we thought he might be done for the tournament. And now, right. you know, he came in, goal and an assist, and he was sucked on early due to an injury. Due to an injury, though, right? Had to come on early. And yeah. came on and was involved in the two goals that they scored uh, while he was on the pitch. So I, I think you got to look at this team now. Um, they're going to be facing the winner of Portland uh, or Cincinnati. Right. That It's just what a difficult task that now is because you know the pedigree of this team, and now they have to be feeling good about themselves. They are somewhat playing with house money because, oddly enough, the, st- the start they got out to, it changed the expectations for them. This always exactly. would have been the expectation. But now that things changed, they just got to be feeling good about themselves. They beat Toronto FC, which you know had to feel good, considering how uh, you know one of their recent seasons closed with that team. So uh, a really, mm-hmm. really big win for NYC FC. Yeah, absolutely. Revenge was on the mind, and some of the NYC players even said it, right? They got bounced out of the playoffs at City Field. They had the 7-0 aggregate in the playoffs, but they get the job done yesterday some revenge and as you mentioned they will take on the winner of portland and cincinnati on saturday night in the quarterfinals who will join them in the quarterfinals from today's action that's what we'll talk about when we come back right here on the early line SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. All right, welcome back in, everybody, to the early line. Kevin Walsh and Dane Martinez putting the fun in functional sports content. And, Kev, 
we march on in the MLS is back tournament. Four of the eight quarter finalists are in the Philadelphia Union, Orlando FC, the host, and NYCFC. Kevin, all three teams from Group A who qualified for the knockout stage have already, yeah. in fact, advanced. So the three teams from Group A will occupy three of the eight spots. Sporting KC got it done with penalty kicks yesterday. So now we turn our attention, Kev, to see who will join them. And today it is a Western Conference matchup. We start, and remember, no more 9 a.m. games, Kev. All right, mm-hmm. no more of that breakfast action, no more team meals at 6, 6.30 in the morning. We've got two games, but they go off at 8.30 and 11 o'clock. I was watching that Vancouver-KC matchup, and penalty kick started at like 1 o'clock Eastern time, so the body clock continues to adjust in the MLS's back tournament. We get it going tonight, 8.30 p.m. Eastern time. The San Jose Earthquakes against Real Salt Lake. The Earthquakes are favored with their kind of pressing, relentless style. They are plus 105 as a favorite in this one. But, Kev, now this is like their fourth game in, what, two weeks, right? And these guys have been off for three or four months. Will San Jose be able to kind of employ their relentless style or will tired legs, you know, I don't know what kind of game shape these guys are in. Will they be kind of clipped off in that way, despite being plus one Oh five favorites against RSL. Yeah. It's, it's a good point you raise here. And I think one of the other points I'd like, I like to just quickly make is you'll notice that a draw is still an option oh, yes, for everybody yes. to know that this is through 90 minutes. So yesterday, yes. Right. If you were somebody who was betting over in the MLS and you said, you know what, I'm going to lay it down on Sporting KC, you lost. You lost. The draw won in that game. So that's an important note because you might say to yourself, well, how could there be a draw if someone has to advance? Well, that's a, you're exactly right. The draw right. would be through 90 minutes. I think that's a very, very important thing to mention here. The money line, I do lean towards San Jose. I feel like we all saw it like somewhat limped into this round and san jose played pretty well here's the interesting thing though we have had quite the uh tournament i would say dane figuring out what to do with these mls totals are we coming or are we going nycfc's game featured four goals the other three games that have taken place featured two goals i mean that Mm -hmm. is that is crazy two one nothings on saturday and then of course uh nil nil going into pens in the late game right. last night, under two and a half goals is minus 102. Now, you know, that's usually something you'd love to see at plus money. So it is certainly now being added in th- this idea of low scoring games in the group stage, but it does make sense to me. Under two and a half goals at minus 102, uh, I do not think would be a bad play. If you try to play under three and a half, it's minus 270. That's when you start needing to look for a parlay partner. Yeah, absolutely. Fair enough. And it's a great point you make, Kevin, because I've been thinking about that, too. When you get to a knockout stage and one part of your brain thinks there must be a winner, how is the draw still a bet on the board? But let's educate everybody here on SportsGrid. Give them the edge. You are right, Kevin. Those numbers they hang are after 90 minutes. So in this scenario, the plus 230, in essence, is the bet that they go to penalty kicks. 
All right. After the 90 minutes. And so that is still live. If you think that is the outcome that will happen, but important information to know, Kev, you talk about a lot of different ways to skin the cat. You're all right. You know, NYC with their three goals yesterday was more than the other three games combined, at least in regular time, right? One, nothing, one, nothing. And then nil, nil. So definitely something to keep an eye on. Kev, I do want to make the point. You talked about the total in this game. I do also want to make the point. One of the bets that are usually available and our friends at FanDuel do have it for this game is the draw no bet. Okay. You could also make that bet, which then is the kind of straight up who will survive in advance. You know what I mean, Kevin? In that market, San Jose is a bigger favorite at minus 186 and Real Salt Lake comes back the other way at plus 158. That is not the only game going on in this tournament. We have the second game late start Kev, for these West Coast teams at 11 o'clock Eastern time. Hopefully the temperature will be a little bit lower, but this many people believe Kev is the biggest matchup of this round. We've got two teams, the defending champion in Seattle and LAFC with the MVP Vela. Everyone thinks this is an offensive team. I wonder what you think about the total in this game, yeah. Kev. But LAFC goes as a minus 110 favorite, minus money, even in the three-way line. Yeah, and you see how different an LAFC game is when it comes to the total. Over two and a half, minus 120 in that first game. Right. Minus 225. In this game here with LAFC, plus 112 only for over three and a half goals. And that's because their three fixtures, 3-3, three, 6-2, three, 2-2. Two, two, two. LAFC has had no issue scoring goals in this tournament. Uh, defensively is where they've left a bit to be desired. You know, I'll tell you, LAFC, I guess it kind of depends. But they knew that they really just needed themselves the draw anyway. And, and I don't even, they didn't really right. need the draw in that last game against Portland, they showed a lead in that one. I think that I, I go back to the time we talked to Tom Bogart about this team. And he said, listen, he's mm -hmm. coming off the best season that the MLS has ever seen, but they'll be fine. And I, I right. think we've seen that. They've been able to score. And defensively, a team like this should be able to tune things up a little bit, right, as we get into the next round. Now, I do think that Seattle as well, um, is going to bring a good defensive punch here. I'm not mad at going under three and a half goals at minus 136 in this game because I'm not sure if we see another, you know, we just haven't seen these type of games, right? There's only been one so far that's gone over this number. And yeah. it's the only one that got close. one nothing, one nothing, nil-nil. So minus 136 or under three and a half goals, I do think is an attractive option. If I'm playing this one on the money line, though, at minus 110, I am backing LAFC. All right, fair enough. That goal market is interesting. With two and a half goals, Kev, if you want to go over that, it's minus 225. Under that level would be plus 182. If you want a little bit of extra juice at the three and a half goal level, like you mentioned, it's plus money to go over that, plus 112 for over three and a half goals. But we all know LAFC is a team that can score, Kev. So, you know, maybe you want that plus money. You mentioned, I, or I want to mention, the idea of, again, without the draw, if you take the draw out and at this stage of the tournament, you're looking for who will survive in advance. LAFC is a minus 190 favorite with our friends and partners on FanDuel. Seattle to advance. They are the dog at plus 160. Two more teams will join the four that are already in, Kev, 
the uh, quarterfinals of MLS is back tournament. Okay, so we've talked about baseball, Kev. We've talked about soccer. When we come back on the other side of the break, we're going to turn our attention to the NFL, where there was no shortage of news and notes. And we have to start, Kev, with a big-time trade that took place over the weekend. And I know you're going to ask me about it because it's a name that we have been talking about for a while. It is a name that there was buzz about being traded for a while. It was a name where a guy who had his list of teams he would want to go to and I think he did create an intriguing bidding war. Jamal Adams, the safety of the New York Jets, was traded over the weekend to the Seattle Seahawks. We'll talk about the details. We'll talk about what it does for both teams. But I want to let people know now, Kev, we got a poll question up asking people who won this trade between the Jets and the Seahawks. They get Bradley McDougal. They get two first round picks in 2021 and in 2022. And we're asking you who won that trade at sports grid at spit and speeds at the Kevin Walsh. Was it the jets? Was it the Hawks? Is this the odd deal where both teams benefit or do you not really know Kev? You know what I mean? Until we see mm. who is that first round pick, who is that first round pick two years from now? Is that Seattle pick number 10 overall or number 31 overall? A lot of details to discuss. We'll talk about this and all the other news and notes in the NFL. We have our first opt out from a player in the NFL. And then the champs go ahead and restock real quick. We will talk about it all. We'll check in on the poll. We'll get everything we need. But now we go to our news update and our guy, Dan Stratford, will come back up on the NFL right after this. Let's hear the news on SportsGrid. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Houston Astros ace Justin Verlander will miss time because of a strained right form, but he is pushing back on a report that he's finished for this season. The Houston Chronicle cited two sources with knowledge of the situation, saying that Verlander would miss the rest of the year. Verlander tweeted out, quote, The report that I'm currently missing the rest of the season is not accurate. There's a forearm strain. I'm hopeful that with some rest it will heal. I'll be able to return soon. Thank you for all the well wishes, end quote. Four Miami Marlins players have tested positive for the coronavirus, including Sunday starter Jose Urena. That's according to sources familiar with the situation, leading the team to delay its post-game trip home amid concerns about a possible outbreak. They will return home on Monday ahead of their home opener against the Baltimore Orioles. The Marlins will be without the services arena. Catcher Jorge Alfaro, infielder Garrett Cooper, and outfielder Harold Ramirez for the foreseeable future. The Nationals scratched Steven Strasburg from his start on Sunday due to a nerve issue in his hand. Some final scores from around Major League Baseball on Sunday. The Yankees beat the Nationals 3-2. It was the Marlins over the Philadelphia Phillies 11-6. Tampa Bay got by Toronto 6-5. Cleveland beat up on Kansas City 9-2. Detroit over Cincinnati 3-2, even with the Trevor Bauer starting that one with double-digit strikeouts. Baltimore beat Boston 7-4. The Seattle Mariners over the Houston Astros 7-6. Minnesota crushed the White Sox 14-2. Pirates over St. Louis 5-1. Cubs over Milwaukee 9-1. Colorado beat Texas 5-2. It was the Angels losing to the Oakland A's 6-4. San Diego losing to Arizona 4-3. The Mets absolutely trounced by the Braves 14-1. And it was the Giants beating the Dodgers 3-1 in Sunday Night Baseball. 
After the first weekend in Major League Baseball, there is not a single team that is undefeated. After three games for each squad, every team has at least one loss. And in the NFL, NFL players who contract the coronavirus through, quote, high-risk activity away from team facilities can face team discipline and may even risk of not being paid, according to the league's new protocol, a memo sent by the NFLPA to agents this weekend, a copy of which was obtained by ESPN and posted, outlined several rules governing player contracts as well as opt-out provisions and the contractual consequences of a canceled season. I'm Dan Straffer, and this has been your Sports Grid News Update. Welcome back in, everybody. Dane Martinez and Kevin Walsh here on the early line. We especially welcome in our radio audience as well from around the country, giving you the edge here on Sports Grid. Kevin, we talked about this going into the break. The Jets and Seahawks made a big-time trade, Pro Bowl, all-pro safety. Jamal Adams, best player on my damn team, has been moved to the Seattle Seahawks. You know, and listen, they get a 2021 first-round pick. They get a 2022 first-round pick. The Jets were staunch that they wanted multiple first-round picks, and they found a buyer. You know, Kevin, I think there's some interesting pieces on this. This apparently closes the door on the Seattle Seahawks pursuit of potentially Jadavion Clowney because they're going to use whatever money there to maybe potentially lock up Jamal Adams. You remember saying when they uh, when Adams had his list of teams, you were like, it's interesting that it's all these NFC division contenders up against each other. And I'm hearing mm-hmm. that, yes, San Francisco was interested in Jamal Adams as well. And Seattle wanted no part of that. So, you know, they include, say, the third round pick or the safety McDougal as well. I look at our poll, Kev, and I don't know if our beautiful fans and listeners here on the early line are just trying to help me not jump off a bridge. But, Kev, 50% of the people in our poll think that the Jets got the better end of this deal with the hall of draft picks. I got to say, though, with Seattle being a win-now team with Russell Wilson under center, they are bringing back the Legion of Boom. It's almost like Legion of Boom version 2.0 with, you know, Jamal Adams playing the Earl Thomas Cam Chancellor hybrid. Yeah, I I voted both on this one, and we can go from each side. And as we look at it from the Jets' perspective, okay, getting back two first-round picks, about as good as you could do a third why not in the nfl those do have value and Mm -hmm. a player that can at least plug in for the year and play safety in bradley mcdougall you will take that they did send uh back out a fourth uh a year later as well so i think that you will take that swap no doubt about it the thing for the jets is we have to know that this was not the outcome that it didn't it didn't have to go this way Okay, because for a while, Dane, right, there was this idea of, well, why does he have to be paid now? Not everybody from this class is getting paid. And then just player after player after player from that class kept getting their extensions. And that became, I think, a big difference maker in this conversations. Now, a win for this team was, and we talked about it from the beginning, all of the teams that were on that list that he wanted to go to were teams that were going to compete against one another and he didn't require the contract extension going into the trade. And it allowed the Jets to get this type of return. However, Dane, I think they are still left with a very, very difficult situation in that Adam Gase has again yep. proven he is not an NFL head coach. And that's not through being a, a someone that understands how to... It doesn't even have to do with winning football games. It doesn't have to do with X's and O's. He's an offensive coordinator 
at best. You cannot be an NFL head coach and have this poor of relationship skills with star players. I mean, we still assume yeah. Lev Bell's just gonna get traded, right? When right. because of Adam Gates. It now Jamal Adams on the defensive side of the ball had to leave because of Adam Gates. And if you don't think that Greg Williams is going to continue to bring this up and try and steal yeah. this job from Adam Gates, you've got another thing coming. They need to move on. You want to go throughout this season? I don't care. Go ahead. I really don't care. And I feel bad for Sam Darnold, who's going to end up probably getting another new head coach and a new offensive system at the end of this season, while the weaponry is still somewhat inadequate. I think it's difficult for Jets then to to try and figure out whether or not you extend this guy and make him a franchise quarterback, because you really haven't been given an ample opportunity to figure out if the answer should be yes or no. But to me, the situation, draft picks are great. Draft picks are great. And if they can hit in the draft, then I think they're going to find themselves in a good spot. This team should be bad, okay? Can they continue, you know, oh, Brady's out of, no, we're done there, okay? Right now, I would slot them to come last in the East. That's okay. Your own draft pick now should provide you great value. As long as you see progression from Sam Darnold, that's all you need. But unfortunately, if you hit on superstars with these draft picks, they're going to be gone in a couple of years if Adam Gase is still the head coach, and that's unacceptable. I think you're absolutely right, Kev. I'm glad you said it and not me. Adam Gay says this all the way back to Miami. Our guy Joe Ranieri hit the buttons, make us sound good. He knows that Gaze did the same thing in Miami, alienating certain players, trying to input his aloof culture on the team. And ultimately, he's gone from the Dolphins. Same kind of thing happening now. Remember, there was also like, you know, um, linemen that didn't have trust you know, Osemele last year, remember that with the Jets as well. You talk about Lev Bell. It seems like Gaze, you know, is not necessarily the leader of men that a head coach needs to be. And I think you make an incredible point. Kev. You know, Greg Williams, we know, is a leader of men in that locker room. And I wonder how many are going to start loving him. You mentioned the third round draft pick they also got this year. In the third round, the Jets drafted a safety out of California named Ashton Davis, okay? And he will be in that safety mix along with um, Marcus May now that Jamal Adams is not there. But I do want to ask you, Kevin, about this from the Seattle point of view, okay? I mean, when when Khalil Mack switched teams, right, it was a huge deal, right? When Jadavion Clowney switched teams right before a season, it was a huge deal. Many people believe, Kev, that Jamal Adams is one of the – Five, ten best defensive players in the NFL. Kev, you know that I kind of like the Seattle Seahawks, okay? What is their ceiling now when you have Adams to help with that run game in San Francisco? I look at the NFC West odds. The Niners are still even money favorites to win that division. Kev, you know I have a soft spot in my heart for the Seahawks, but I'm seeing them still at plus 240 to win the NFC West. What do you think is this team ceiling now as they kind of try to put this Legion of Boom version 2.0 together? Look, this team's going to try and compete for a Super Bowl. And the honest, the answer, that was always the answer if Russell Wilson's the quarterback. They're going to look to compete right. for a Super Bowl. And they're the type of team that I think year in, year out, you can say, oh, I think they bottom out. Let me give you a hot take. They go bottom in their division. But eventually, if you've tried that, you've just, you, <laughs> you've been beaten in this submission. You just now have to come to terms. With a roster last year that I was underwhelmed with and an approach to football in 2020 I'm still unpleased with, last week of the season they almost won the division, right? They were right there, right, right within shouting distance 
to win the division that the NFC Super Bowl representative ended up winning. That's the type of team that they have, and they now bring in Jamal Adams. I think there are two big takeaways for me here, though, when it comes to this, maybe even three. The first and the obvious one is that this team is going to go for it, and you like to see that, okay? When Russell Wilson's your quarterback, go for it. Yeah. One of, one of, if not for some, the one of the best quarterbacks, obviously, in football. For me, he's two. For you, he's one. Nevertheless, we know how valuable Russell Wilson is. The second thing is, I would not guarantee to you, Dane, that they end up extending Jamal Adams. They traded for Jadavion Clowney, and Jadavion Clowney is about to leave. And the thing with this deal is, the fact that they are going to have to pay this level of a premium and then extend him is where, wow, Seattle, that's a lot. I think this whole year plays out, and we see how it goes. And then maybe they get into the, listen, hey, we're going to, you know, franchise tag, a fifth-year option type of thing. And maybe Jamal will work in lockstep with Seattle more than he did in New York as as long as Seattle is up front with him. I'll tell you my biggest takeaway, though, Dane, is that this is a sign that I think we are going to actually be getting the NFL season on time. This trade (laughs) happening about 24 hours following the CBA being agreed upon was not a mistake. I do not think it was a coincidence at all. Once there was somewhat a a level of certainty amongst these teams that they were going to at least be going for it, they're going to look to get this off the ground. No delay in when they're starting the training camps. I think then this allowed all of these teams to say, all right, hey, get me Jamal. Hey, what's, what's the price on Jamal? And the Jets fielded their phone calls. Seattle made the best offer. And in less than 24 hours, we had a blockbuster deal done after the CBA. So I think now, for a while, I've been saying maybe the season starts October. I think they're going to look to get off the ground uh, September 10th. I think it is that first game. Chiefs the Thursday night I'm game, now yeah. expecting it. I'm now expecting it. Yeah, I mean, I think you make a good point, right? With the CBA getting a response, it could be like, hey, and now we're open for business, and now pick up the phone, right? And that's when some of these deals get going. You talk about extending Jamal Adams, you know, we've seen this in the NBA a few times, Kevin. I know you're real plugged in there, where sometimes I call it like the extended recruiting trip. You know what I mean? Like he's going to be there for the one year in Seattle. If they're competitive, if he likes the team culture, if he likes the fan base, if he likes it there, maybe he'll stay. You know, it could be this kind of extended recruiting trip to then maybe get the long term deal in Seattle. Like you said, they may, in fact, be going for it. One team that's definitely going for it. You mentioned the Chiefs and the Texans will start. Obviously, the Kansas City Chiefs, they are the Super Bowl favorites at plus 650. And Kev, they are also the team with the first player to decide to opt out of the 2020 season. And I got to tell you, I find this interesting, Kev. I really do, because Chiefs offensive lineman uh, Duvernay Tardif, right, he has opted out. Kev, you probably know this. They've mentioned it a bunch of times. You know what his other job is? He's a doctor. It is intriguing to me, Kev, that the guy who is also a doctor has decided to be like, you know what? In my expert opinion, the right option here is to not play. Now, I know he's got a fallback option. He may not be one of these players that need the paycheck to, you know, feed his family because he's a doctor, for goodness sakes. But what do you think about this opting out him being a doctor and being one of the guys that's protecting Patty Mahomes. Yeah, I, I think obviously kind of some of the, you know, not to get ahead of ourselves, but the fact that they already signed a semi 
it yep. to kind of step in is really why they're going to be able to, you know, handle this. I, I think that's kind of a, a big deal. Um, so I, I, you know, for me, I think they'll be all right here, but yeah, it's going to be interesting to see now who else opts out um, kind of with this now being on the table. Yeah, absolutely. Remember we were lauding the fact that like 20 of the 22 starters come back from Kansas city. Well, not anymore. We turn our attention to the NBA when we come back right here on the early line. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back in, everybody, to the early line, giving you the edge here on Sports Grid. I'm Dane Martinez. I got my main man, Kevin Walsh, live and direct from the basement. And, Kev, we turn our attention to the NBA now. Um, while there are preseason games getting going, everybody is really staring, right, Kev, at, you know, the 30th, which is this week, which is what? Thursday, we have the NBA getting going. And, like, we were so excited for Major League Baseball opening day, the MLS is back and basketball is right on their heels. You know, restart games happening on Thursday. And one of the biggest ones that will happen on Thursday is that Lakers-Clippers game. We have been looking at that game for a while, Kev. You know, all eyes have been on that one where the stars will come out. And, Kev, I got to tell you, there has been big-time line movement in this game. I remember it started like the Clippers actually minus one. This is now all the way on the other side, crossing over zero. The Lakers are now four-and-a-half-point favorites in that, you know, that opening night, you know, primetime kind of game. And, Kev, it could be because the Clippers will be without their microwave super sub, Lou Williams, who, by the way, I love for so many different reasons. Um, we're going to get into it now. He left the bubble, okay, and we knew about that. If he left the bubble for uh, personal reasons, right? I believe there may have been a death in his family. He was going to a funeral in Atlanta, and that's all well and good, Kev. That's all good. But he also, Kev, decided to, and I'm going to go with the official report here, Kev. He decided to pick up takeout food at a gentleman's club in Atlanta called Magic City, he was photographed there as such, so we know he was there. But he said he was just getting some takeout food. The NBA is, in fact, investigating what happened when he was in quarantine. But because of this, unlike Zion, right, who may just get, you know, two negative tests, may only be four days in the hotel, right, Lou Williams is going to probably have the 10-day version of the quarantine with the abundance of caution. And, Kev, last time I checked, 10 days goes beyond Thursday night. So Lou Williams will not be there for that season reopener with the Lakers. Do you think that's part of the reason why I'm standing at a plus, I'm staring at a plus four and a half right now on FanDuel? 100%. Absolutely. It's also <laughs> why, because um, the Clippers are one of the few teams that have multiple games on the board. Uh, they're playing the Pelicans for their game two, Pelicans game two as well. Uh, that was minus five, minus six even, I think, at one point. That's now down to minus four. Lou Will's missing that game as well. Um, yeah. and yes, he left for a real reason. He's tweeted out that, um, he 
was in and out and it's his favorite uh restaurant magic city it's his favorite restaurant sure that's what he said and and i mean you know you can justify it however you want you can't leave the bubble for one reason and then proceed to do those type of things and i would probably tell you that the nba now is probably a little bit worried because if it not been for Jack Harlow, the the rapper posting a photo of him and Lou right, Will out together, right. they probably never find out. So I'm sure now anybody else that has left, there's been a little bit more, you know, Montrezl Harrell, Patrick Beverly, Clippers as well that have left, right? Austin yeah. Rivers recently left um, quickly for the weekend as well, right? So those are the type of things now where the NBA is like, wow, we really got to be tougher on these guys because, you know, they might make a, a little bit of a detour if they do return back home. And yes, you're seeing it reflected in this line. Undoubtedly, Lou Will is going to miss these first two games. Now, Patrick Beverly is back in the bubble as of yesterday, which means he could potentially play in this game, but no preseason work for him. If if he's not going to choose someone's head off by you telling him he's not allowed to play in the game, I'm not sure it makes a lot of sense for him to play in this one either. And I've not seen a report, Dane, that confirms Montrezl Harrell has re-entered the bubble, which would then mean, due to the minimum quarantine, he's also going to be missing this game. You know, for a lot of people, when you think about this team, I know it's Kawhi, Paul, George. The next three, though, would be Lou Will, Pat Bev, and Montrezl Harrell. There's a world they're missing all three of those guys going into this game. They're absolutely missing Lou Will. I am pretty sure they're missing Harold, and I think logically, I don't know why they would push Pat Bev. Maybe get him a couple minutes, actually, if you want to get him some game time. But look, there's still plenty of runway for this Clippers team here. I, I think you're looking at certainly a spot where now the four and a half is justified. I would still be cautious, though. the The Lakers will find themselves at times vulnerable in games where they are now not expecting a lot from their opponent. Maybe the Mm. fact that Kawhi and Paul George will still be lining up on the other side. (laughs) Maybe they'll smell blood in the water here, and maybe this game gets ugly. But it's it's that type of stuff where the Lakers go, ah, they're missing three of their guys, little sleepy. Kawhi and Paul George go statement time, and all of a sudden you're like, oh, no. And then what's awesome is, Dane, we're not going to wildly overreact to what happens from this game either direction, right? right? Of course we're going to wildly overreact. I can't wait to do so. But um, I would be cautious getting this bet in now. At this point, if you're staring at it right now and you don't have a bet down, wait until Thursday. Get some concrete information on Pat Bev and Montrezl Harrell. But yes, thus far, the Clippers um, not taking the you know the restart um, with their full lineup seems very, very likely. Yeah, absolutely. And I think point you make right because what they're saying that minimum is like that four day quarantine we're inside four days kev you know what i mean Mm -hmm. so we are now officially at the position where whether it's this case for lou williams or any other case that pops up right family emergencies wife pregnant gotta leave the bubble for any reason you are now in the zone where you're gonna miss time okay we are inside that window and i agree with you though as long as paul george and Kawhi leonard are on the court and Doc Rivers is on the sideline. The Clippers do need to be taken seriously, but we see the cumulative impact, right, Kev? Sure, you may not think that Pat Beverly by himself moves the needle, right? But 
uh, the cumulative effect of all these players. And that's why I talk even with the Lakers, with guys like Avery Bradley and Rajon Rondo. You start to see it, especially if you get very thin at one position. You know, we are going to have to keep our eyes on this. But one thing I'll push back on you, though, Kev, you said that if, you know, it wasn't on social media, that the NBA wouldn't have known. Kev, that's what the snitch hotline is for, right? You don't yeah, think no- that the snitch hotline wouldn't have been used? The players knew what Lou Williams was doing. You think nobody in the NBA, nobody Did on that they? campus knew what I- Come on. How were how were the Lakers supposed to know that he stopped in the Magic City? Like the Clippers the aren't going to snitch all, on him, right? But they're all boys. You know this. They're all boys. They know what's going on. Even if he wasn't posted, someone else, you know, behind the curtain would have known really what's going on. Maybe you know, Lou will call someone up for, to find out what the name of the number is of the favorite bouncer or the best bartender at Magic City or why the food is so good, especially Lou, the fish, I perhaps. think Lou Will knows the answer to all of those questions. Okay. Well, and I think some of the players know that Lou Williams knows the answer to all of those questions. The snitch hotline will be interesting. But, Kev, and the same way we're saying in Major League Baseball, right, how – Oh my goodness, people can test positive for COVID. There could be COVID concerns. There could be normal injuries as well. Kev. We almost forget about that, right? And there is a normal injury, let's say, to an important piece of the Indiana Pacers. I don't know if we know about Victor Oladipo yet, but what we do know is DeMontis Sabonis is going to leave the bubble to get treatment on his foot. Same kind of thing, right? They're inside that same window. So Sabonis, it looks like, he is going to miss at least the beginning of these games for the Indiana Pacers. Yeah, this is a this is nightmarish for them. Um, for context, this matters more than whether Victor Oladipo plays in this game or not. And by the way, I'm 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 guessing where he's playing, right? I mean, he's played in both scrimmage games. He was in those scrimmages, right? yeah. So Oladipo is going to play. Sabonis has been their best player. Sabonis was an All Star, and I know that upset a lot of people because the numbers weren't caughty. But like, you can go look at some of the advanced numbers. And that Pacers team deserved an all-star representative, I think, out in the East. And Sabonis, I'm fine with him making that all-star team. And, look, he's going to try and push for an all-NBA team, potentially, I think, even as well. Them missing him. Also, um, I'm not sure, you know, Miles Turner, I know, did not play in their first scrimmage game. If the front court is that depleted, game number one against Joel Embiid, and, you know, Ben Simmons at the four as well, Dane, this number is six. Yeah. I don't want to say it's going to keep climbing because I think this is very much so now where it's at with Sabonis missing this game. And I, I'm not, I, just, I don't think we're going to see Sabonis. Here's the biggest change. I don't now expect Sabonis to play in the restart. Right? Ah. Like, that's yeah. a lot for him to have to figure that out, then get healthy, then quarantine, get back on the court. Mm-hmm. So now the Pacers, and again, careful what you wish for, I get all of that. But we can be realistic here. The Pacers are the ideal matchup. That's what you want. You, if you're right. the Celtics, you want to make sure, right, that you're right. able to play the Pacers, right, or instead of falling back, whatever it might be. If you're the Celtics, right? the Heat, or the Sixers, right? That's what you're yeah, depending, right, like this whole thing. And that's the same thing. Like, could Miami push themselves up? But So it's all it's a little jumbled. But ideally, being able to play Indiana, now, you know, or instead of falling back and drawing Miami or Philly, right, exactly. is a is a big deal here. I look at this game and I'll tell you one other spot though, too. Don't be scared to play an early under 
Sabonis mm. does a lot for this team offensively. All, you know, near 20 a game, one of the best passing bigs in the, in the league, got it from his pops. Like, you know, these games are typically posted low scoring. I played a lot of overs in these games um, on the season, and it would actually go well because they'd get over their low numbers. But Sabonis was playing in them. So this is a massive, massive injury now that puts the Pacers this is dangerous, but I think it puts them closer to the Magic and the Nets the seven, than the right. Sixers and the Heat. Yeah, I agree with you, Kev, right? If we're going to say one and two is likely Milwaukee and Toronto. If we're going to say seven, eight are pretty much like you said, right? That three through six is where a lot of people think could be the variance, could be a team. We're talking about Boston. We're talking about Miami. We're talking about Philly and these Indiana Pacers. And in what's going to be a 4-5 matchup and what's going to be a 3-6 matchup, you want to be the team that draws Indiana. I think that's what you're talking about. Let me ask you one other question about this. If you are, you mentioned maybe Sabonis doesn't play and is like, you know what, right? why risk it at this point? What is it all for to come on back, all that? I'm going to apply the same question now, Kev, right back to Victor Oladipo, okay? He was already on the fence, right? Yes, he's playing in the scrimmages and all that, but to the point of now my guy, you know, now Sabonis ain't there, does that give me less of a chance in my mind to think that I'm really going for it, that I am a contender, that we've got a shot if all breaks well? And might that be enough for Oladipo to be like, you know what? Maybe discretion is the better part of valor. I don't even have my running mate with me. Thing is, it does seem as if Victor Oladipo has three million reasons as to why he's going to suit up for this team. And yeah. I think in a, in a way, weirdly, this might work out all right for Victor Oladipo in a sense that, you know, trying to find the balance, right? This team played so many games without him. Brogdon and Sabonis carrying the load. He tried to get back in, find his footing. It was a little bit off balance. Now he can come in, expect a bit more of his regular workload, and maybe, you know, even if Oladipo uses these eight games to try and help get himself right for next year, where the Pacers hope they can be healthy and maybe make a real challenge out in the East. I think at this point, Depot is playing in the reset. All right, fair enough, but they will be six-point dogs, at least, to Philly when they get going later on this week. When we come back, we tie a nice, neat little bow on this episode of The Early Line, and we find out what's going on next on the morning after, right here on SportsGrid. Come on back after this. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back in, everybody, here on the early line, giving you the edge on SportsGrid. I am Dane Martinez, my main man, Kevin Walsh. And Kev, we got to go back to this poll because I, I, I'm not sure if uh, people are just trying to make me feel better or not. If you want to know the truth, because the poll that we have up at SportsGrid, at Spit and Speed, at the Kevin Walsh, is about that Jamal Adams trade where even now 48% of the people have, think that the Jets 
did the best by getting two first round picks. I don't know if these picks are going to be number like 28, though, with Seattle. Um, we also, though, have my guy, Jared Smith in. I did not know we have him, but we do. Jared, I know you're a Jets fan. I know you're a Jets fan as well. We have talked about this Jamal Adams trade that was coming, going. What had happened? I got a couple of minutes to talk to you about it, brother. Uh, did they get enough? Was two first round picks something to kind of ease your tensions about this? It was. I mean, you're you're right because the the you know the OBJ trade where they got a first and a third middle to high first round picks you wouldn't expect you would not expect the Seahawks picks to be in the top 10 I mean I guess they could but you wouldn't expect that I I don't mind the trade at all I mean they got two first round picks for a guy who had no interest in playing for the Jets anymore he was not only calling out the team verbally on the street but he was also calling out the head coach behind the scenes I give credit to the agent and I give credit uh, to uh, Joe Douglas for getting this done uh, I forget the agent's name, but I saw that they were, you know, despite all the hatred that was being spewed back right. and forth, uh, Kevin Connor is his name. They were all working together to get this trade done, and I think both sides got what they needed. Chad, quickly before we let you go, I'm sure you're going to be hitting a lot of baseball uh, on TMA today. Uh, any games particularly jumping out to you? Got about 20 left. Uh, not really. You know, I'm taking it very light with baseball strikeout props. I'll keep an eye on. I was on Bauer yesterday. That was a good one. I know you guys were talking about the Reds one during the break. And also I'm, I'm a big fan of the Royals today. I don't know why, but the Tigers are laying money with Michael Fulmer making his first start two years. So go Royals. Mike Montgomery has been good against KC. That's a good uh, underdog for you. Fulmer will be the opener for the two and one Tigers morning after it's up next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. 